0: Today, on From A to Ziggy, As the World Falls Down. Welcome to From A to Ziggy, the podcast where we listen to every single David Bowie song in alphabetical order and discuss them and anything else that comes off of the discussing of them. My name is Travis. And my name is Thomas. And we are talking about As the World Falls Down, our first labyrinth discussion.
1: Yeah. As the world falls down from the Labyrinth soundtrack, 1986, Yeah, and if you're familiar with the film, it, uh, it occurs during the scene when uh, Jennifer Connelly is drugged with some sort of poisonous peach and falls into some kind of a dream or is psychically kidnapped by Bowie's Goblin King character. Uh, and attends a masked ball, kind of Elizabethan, yeah, masked ball kind of thing. And Bowie sings this love song to her. This love song, kind of, but also kind of anti love song. Um, I would say the overall sentiment is pretty
0: loving. Just it's a lot of uh, doesn't matter how bad things are, I'll be there. That kind of kind of message. There, there are some lyrics that, when I was when I was looking over them, I thought, oh, this is another song that feels like a love song, but isn't quite a love song. But there's an overall loving feeling to it, which is kind of weird when you consider that he's singing that song to a character that's 15. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard thing to kind of work past. Um, you know, he's... In one of the verses, he say, As the pain sweeps through, makes no sense for you. Every thrill has gone. Wasn't too much fun at all. But I'll be there for you as the world falls down. Um, He may be drugging 15-year-olds to take them to balls. But he'll be there for them when they're feeling down. This thing with Labyrinth is a great movie. But then when you watch it when you're older, you do realize... It's kind of a screwed-up movie.
1: Yeah. Kind of dark, kind of scary at times. See, the age thing has never really bothered me. Because uh, the the Goblin King... He's not really, he doesn't really have an age. Right. Like he, I don't know if he's supposed to be like an immortal creature, if he had a childhood or not, or whether he's just eternally this, this same, in this same state from beginning to end. Like he's just the Goblin King. That's what he's always been. So he doesn't have the same sense of progressing through phases of development, like a mortal would. right? I don't know. This is the kind of way I try to rationalize so that and I don't I, feel and like I, a creep And I appreciate that. This movie. <laughs> Maybe it just says
0: more that about me having dark sensibilities that I think of any kind of immortal character. And I'm like, ah, there probably should still be some kind of cutoff. I feel like probably it's higher than 15. But I don't want to ruin Labyrinth because it is a great movie. In fact, the last time I watched Labyrinth, I feel like once you reach a certain age, most of the times you will watch labyrinth or because someone you're with says they've never seen labyrinth and you're like we're gonna stop what we're doing right now because you've never seen labyrinth and you have to watch labyrinth i think at least the last couple times i've watched that movie it's been under that pretext
1: the last couple of times i've watched the movie have been because i wanted to hear one of the songs in the movie and so i just watched the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) or somebody called and asked and had a question about the lyrics to one of the songs and I said, you know, I, I need to hear it more closely. On on D V D the great thing is that you've got the center channel where all the dialogue is and all of the vocals just come out of that, so it's isolated from the back the music. So you can just hear exactly what the lyrics are, just in case there's some sort of like dispute, like is he saying though or but. That is an important <laughs> distinction. Or it can be. It can um, be. Um Anyway, no, I'll, I'll do anything to rationalize re-watching Labyrinth, really. How many times have I seen it this year? Probably twice. It's been a couple years for me. Yeah, last time I saw it was
0: uh, when my roommate's boyfriend said that he had not seen Labyrinth. And you could hear that, like, the needle come off the record. <laughs> what?! We're gonna watch Labyrinth now. He also, in that same conversation, said he hadn't seen Clueless, which was kind of a mind-bending because he's like. Which I feel
1: like is a movie that actually has that needle skip. Um, I think it actually does. It's been movie. a couple
0: years since I watched it, but that like blew my mind, like how anyone could because he's like twenty-seven or twenty-eight. And I feel like that's probably an age where you should have at least stumbled upon it on cable at some point in your life.
1: I think there's a there's a gap in generations between when you and i grew up and when all of our f- our friends who have kids who are old enough to see it and are therefore forcing their kids to see it have kids to sh- to force it onto and the the whole like 10 or 15 years in between where it just wasn't really a thing where it kind of fell by the wayside so there's some catching up mm. to do in the generation
0: although i will behavior. confess Labyrinth didn't come to me until a bit later in life till I was like probably I might have even been a teenager by the time I saw it for the first time, because so, I, when it comes to like TV, movies, music, I have kind of an obsessive personality,, where I'll just like get fixated on certain things and just watch them or listen to them like compulsively. So when, around that time that I would have been seeing Labyrinth more, I was watching a lot of um, I was obsessed with the original Willy Wonka movie. The Gene Wilder version, not the not the uh, the Johnny Depp version. Ghostbusters, and probably around the same time, that I was really into Follow That Bird too, which is another Jim Henson creation.
1: Another one that kind of fell by the wayside for a little while, yeah. And has gotten rediscovered more lately, I think.
0: Yeah, I was actually really shocked last time I had a conversation with someone, and they mentioned that movie because it does feel like a movie that I never hear other people talk about. Like I feel like I was like that was like my one movie that I liked when I was a kid that other people weren't really into or something, but. Hmm. Um, that's a classic. Yeah, it's a yeah. great movie.
1: I think anybody that had the Disney Channel was watching that one. Yeah, for a while, that one and uh, the Raggedy Ann and Andy cartoon. And now I think all those movies are coming are sort of ready to come back. Yeah. Because Kids who grew up with it are grown up now and have kids. That's like
0: one of the major reasons I'm like looking forward to having a kid. So I have an excuse to watch movies that I'll feel really weird watching by myself now. Like Follow That Bird.
1: It is a totally valid reason to have kids.
0: Yeah. You get to just like play with toys and watch great old movies all the time and not being like, oh man, I'm 30 and playing with toys. Also change diapers. (laughs) Yeah. Small price to pay. First couple years are kind of a drag, but then you don't have to feel weird playing with Legos.
1: Right. And then you just have 16 years after that.
0: Yeah. So I guess it's the life equivalent of watching an entire movie to listen to one song. <laughs> <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> so yeah, for people who haven't seen Labyrinth. So it was a a Jim Henson movie in 1986. If you're not familiar with Jim Henson. Um, th- that's Beck's dad, right? Beck Henson? Uh, Beck is Hanson. <laughs> oh, it's like that it's like old Simpson's line. Maybe he and this Homer Nixon are related. Well, they spell and pronounce their names completely different, sir. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's Jim Henson, who, of course, created The Muppets and Sesame Street and everything. So it's a lot of puppet characters, and it centers around Jennifer Connolly being really, really, really super emo whiny. She is. The, the, She's uh, a teenage girl. She is a. Truly a teenage girl in that movie, and she resents her baby brother, Mm. even though 15 is way too old to resent a tiny baby. That's like something you do when you're like four or five and you get a new baby brother. By the time you're 15, like, you need to kind of get over that a little bit. So because she resents her brother, he gets taken away by the Goblin King, and she has to go through the Goblin King's labyrinth to go and find her baby brother, and there's all kinds of twists and turns along the way.
1: Both physical both physical and emotional and metaphorical yeah and all kinds of puppets and song and dance routines
0: everything you would expect from a classic jim henson movie
1: yeah i mean that's not the dark crystal
0: right and so i guess this this was put out to kind of be a more palatable more commercially viable dark crystal yeah as i believe the quote that i had that I have read. Was, um, that,
1: was, was that the uh, tagline on the poster? <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> a more commercially viable and palatable dark crystal.
1: Cisco and Eber.
0: <laughs> you won't hate it. <laughs> no guys seriously just give it a chance. This time. <laughs> and by cracky it was a more palatable and more co- commercially viable and that's the thing I love about Jim Henson, is like he really does kinda he, he can be weird and kind of adult and psychedelic and then very child friendly and
1: Yeah, he's got kind of a subversive yeah. sense of humor.
0: That's why and it's a formula that everyone tries to I mean some are rare, like Pixar has really taken the, the ball and run with it in that respect, but yeah, he really changed the game as far as creating content for parents and children to enjoy like our children's children's children will show their kids the muppet show there will never be a generation that doesn't appreciate the muppet show i like to believe
1: i hope that's true i hope
0: that's true when i was so when they put out that new muppets movie a few years ago with uh jay giant
1: oh uh, jason uh jason siegel jason siegel yeah um which you'd expect him to be like a seagull? Yeah, like a big puppet. I that saga. really was a
0: wasted opportunity to yeah. not have Jason Seagull be a character in that movie. Yeah, but there was definitely you know I saw kids that were starting to really start digging the Muppets because of that. And uh, actually, my girlfriend was babysitting and she was saying that her the family she babysits for they have a whole like library of Muppets DVDs that they show the kids. It is. It's just a timeless humor that I mean. Sure, a lot of like if you're showing kids episodes of the muppet show from the 70s there's little cultural references that they won't get but for the most part it's it, it does kind of bridge generations
1: anything else about um the movie labyrinth
0: i feel juvenile bringing it up but it's hard to talk about david bowie and labyrinth without at least bringing up holy crap those pants well yeah i always say that because i have a few friends that listen to this so i would, the first thing they always think about when they talk about labyrinth is oh my god david bowie's pants um,
1: you had to bring it up So I just had to I just had to get
0: that Out of so the way So to speak I had to bring it up Just to get out of the way Yeah Alright So to speak um, It's out there It's out there now Oh it's out boy there. is it out there <laughs> Yeah it is It's a, a great movie To you know It's one of those movies That yeah you have kids And you're like Oh man I can't wait You like almost Mark on the calendar I can't wait till they're old enough For me to show them The Labyrinth
1: What, what is the appropriate age For kids to see Labyrinth
0: um, I would say by I'd say by like Seven or eight They could watch it Without being scared Hmm. By some, of the, some of the parts are a little bit scary. The puppets that like they, like trade body parts, those oh, are a little yeah. weird. Like that'll creep you out when you're too young.
1: Yeah, that was always my favorite part too. That's the part that unfortunately doesn't hold up as well now. Yeah, because you can kind of see through the green screen effects. Also, I get really distracted with uh, Elmo's voice <laughs> being in that scene. Yeah, Kevin clash. Yeah, it's a good movie. I've always enjoyed that movie obviously. Yeah, so it sounds like that's one that you watched a
0: lot when you were a kid.
1: All the time. Over and over again. Borrowed it from the library and just watched it over and over. Totally made an illegal dub of that (laughs) movie and kept it. Yeah, it got played a lot. And still does now. On Blu-ray and DVD. Do you still have the dub? I don't think I do. Although I might. I've got very few VHS tapes left. The ones that I do have are mostly cartoons that I programmed in my VCR to record because the best shows come on just before I got home from mm-hmm. uh, from school. What did you used to record for when you got home from school? I would record Batman the Animated Series, Ronin Warriors, and uh, Transformers the Beast Wars. It's
0: a lot of like the Fox cartoons.
1: Yeah, mostly the, the like the syndicated things and and because I knew I knew that they were going to show them in sequence that I could get a new episode every day. Yeah and not repeat.
0: I actually found a lot of my, when I moved, dug up a lot of old VHS and we actually went through, cause a lot of them had no labels on them. So we had to like go through and like watch clips from them and, and relabel them. I found one that was like, it was the most nineties MTV video that I could have possibly found. It had like an episode of Beavis and Butthead on it. An episode of, do you remember that show Buzzkill? It was a, no. pr- it was a prank show back in like the earlier mid nineties. It was like punked before punked. Okay. Like ten years before Punked. So it was uh, like Candid Camera, like yeah.
1: thirty years after Candid
0: Camera. It was Camera. like a but you know, it was like a Gen X version of that. It's like people riding around in a van pulling pranks. Right. Um, so it was that and then a MTV making of Deep Breath, Bush's uh, Razorblade suitcase. So not even the Bush album that people like, the one that came after that. So that was a gem. But I did used to do a lot of recording, uh, so my parents didn't really want me and my sister to watch Buttes and butt so we would do a lot of like stealth recording of it. I like, hope that my dad wouldn't notice the is running while we're watching TV. Recording something else
1: <laughs> on family night, yeah. Wait till he gets in the, the shower, then me and my sister like, ABC movie of the week is yeah. on, and uh, you're all gathered around the TV, and suddenly the VCR pops on. To record <laughs> views you know what I really like about revisiting those VHS tapes is the commercials, mm, yes, you watch the old commercials. Yes, that
0: MTV one had tons of commercials for like 1 800 collect,
1: a service I used. Oh yeah I have a reason that this has been this has been the most the most that we've talked about uh, analog <laughs> telephone systems so far yeah, this is a real
0: out. look at how old we are block of episodes that we're recording.
1: what's your favorite uh commercial from your from your youth?
0: I would say those original uh energizer commercials with the bunny when they would do um you would think you're watching a commercial for something else, but then that bunny would come through, but sometimes it would like Kind of startled me a little bit because I'd be like I actually think it's a real commercial, mm. butting me come through. I like kind of jump a little bit. Not, this is when I was like third grade. I've always been a very jumpy person.
1: No way. Mm. You, don't, you don't strike me as a uh, jumpy kind of. I startle very easily. Uh, did you ever see the Energizer commercials with the family of, of like robot people? Yes. <laughs> with the f- I in actually. They look like the guys from uh, that one. Um, from the primus video the primus video yeah
0: i actually just did a google images search on them the other day because i saw a picture of ted cruz and i was like he kind of looks like the dad from those energizer commercials (laughs) (laughs) sure enough (laughs) he kind of does
1: my okay uh quick answer my favorite commercials were the uh herbal essences orgasmic oh um, scandalous yeah i would like watch them Late at night, um, <laughs> and turn the volume down. Mom, <laughs> know. Anyway, back to uh, okay. So, what about the movie, like The song. How about the song? How about the song? Yeah, the we haven't even touched on the song. Falls down.
0: It's a very 1986 pop ballad.
1: It's got some rich production. It does.
0: There's also a great music video. Oh um, yeah.
1: Um, hang on. We'll get to that. Okay. Arif Mardin. Turkish American um, music producer worked with a whole bunch of people produced this song yeah it's got a very rich synthesizer laden production uh, guitar solo in the very middle yeah that guitar solo kind of brings it guitar solo seems to come out of nowhere just sort of takes takes it takes the whole song out of itself and they they treat it perfectly in, in the music video I didn't want to go straight into, well let's go into the music video Let's dive in the let's do video. it
0: so it's, basically, so it's supposed to be the character, Sarah, in her apartment, but as she's older. Is it? That's, that's Is that what, what it's supposed to be. That's what the wiki said. Because um, it's clearly
1: a different actress. Yeah, no, it's definitely not Jennifer not, Connelly. Yeah, it's not Jennifer Connelly. It's, um, you know, some, some model. They always It's the, it's the silent... Um, female object of affection. Yeah. Uh from every music video.
0: So it's supposed to be an older Sarah in an office with uh So first of all, there's a photocopier that just starts spitting out pictures of David Bowie's face. And it seems like a photocopier from way after nineteen eighty six, but the video supposedly was shot in nineteen eighty six and they have this weird future photocopier. And it's got some David Bowie performance parts in it and lots of this actress playing Sarah kind of hanging out in her office.
1: I don't buy it. This is, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. This is one, this is one of those times when the wiki page. That
0: explanation does feel way more complicated than actually watching
1: the music video. It's like the wiki page is basically like a fan fiction uh, interpretation of of this video. The video is just a video for the David Bowie song. Yeah. Like
0: some footage from labyrinth spliced in.
1: Yeah. To, to promote the film. Uh, Because they have to. And that
0: probably was just some sort of fan theory. (laughs) Yeah. It's just her, it's her character in the future.
1: Yeah, right. So it's got this lady, she's in her house, and the kind of apparition of Bowie is coming, coming into her house through the fax machine, Mm. right? It's (laughs) Bowie's face in stark black and white. The whole thing has got all this, it seems kind of German expressionism, feel to it. Lots of shadows, lots of... Bowie's wearing lots of makeup, like dark lipstick and makeup around his eyes. And he's crooning in this backlit jazz club setting. Yeah, and his image is coming in through the fax machine. She's looking longingly what, out a window or something yeah. like that, waiting for the facts, the, the, the same facts keeps just coming waiting, in. Just waiting for more copies of Bowie's face. And then Hoggle shows up. Hoggle, the puppet from yeah. the movie, shows up for some reason. I guess this is where fans like it, of the movie just have to tie it in because it doesn't make any sense. No. Except that they had this puppet that they needed to use for something like maybe yeah maybe they got a tax break it's, for using the puppet one more time in a production it just <laughs> needed sorry. to use it
0: to, to make this video to promote this movie They're and then to. the video didn't even come out until way 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 later
1: yeah there was no there was supposed to be a single for the song it was it was supposed to be released as a single which never came out And so they never promoted it with the video the video was recorded and not released until was it when the best of Bowie DVD yeah. came out 2002 I remember when I saw it for the first time. It's like, wow, this is this exists. But it's a, it
0: does feel like pretty much every other music video that's tied to a movie that came out in that era.
1: It's pretty standard, and this yeah. is this is the thing about that guitar solo. Is like there are a few scenes from Labyrinth interspersed throughout the rest of the song, but when it goes into the guitar solo and suddenly David Bowie's not front and center, it becomes all about the puppets and it's all full color it's all like scenes from the movie it's all explosions and puppets and it just builds up and it gets it gets more rapidly cut and more and more action comes on until until the guitar solo finally reaches its climax and then ends and then we're back into the video of the you know the black and white and the lady and the and the rest of it it's like this weirdly ADD moment in the middle of the song
0: that was just kind of a thing with music videos back then i feel like just
1: guitar solos just made
0: everything go crazy and haywire and then everything returned back to normal when they were over right if you take out the fact that this song was involved with what later became a beloved children's movie it's a pretty standard 80s pop ballad with a pretty standard 80s pop ballad music video nothing really that exciting Lyrics are nice. I take the
1: sentiment. Well, it sounds like we should transition sort of into opinions. Uh, all right, let's go in the ratings. All right. Um, I I this. Oh man, we need units. There's so much flowery stuff. I feel like there's so much. How to about hallucination inducing peaches? Yes, that's perfect. So this song from me gets three and a half. Three and a half. Hallucination inducing poison peaches.
0: I will. Uh, I'm gonna give it three hallucinogenic poison peaches All right cuz yeah i mean it, it is a pretty standard 80s pop song but it's a well done standard 80s pop song
1: i i give it that extra half of a peach cuz i really like the line. yeah that uh, the fretless bass i'm I a do sucker love a good fretless bass I'm i am so also a sucker, sucker for fretless, for fretless bass. bass yeah It's got such a like a like it goes way up, yeah. It's it's, it's got such a smooth as an instrument.
0: Like you, you can make really. It's like almost sounds like
1: space. It's got such a smooth, yeah, and round sound. It's yeah, it's really cool. Anyway, the point is, it's well executed. It is as hokey and sentimental as it is as the lyrics are. It's, you know, it's a song that you sing to a 15-year-old girl yeah. to make her fall in love with you after you kidnap her. Girls love hokey, sentimental stuff. Um, 15-year-old girls do. Yeah. So it's perfect. Yeah. It's three and a half uh, rapy nectarine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like the name of a perfect. psychedelic rap rock band.
0: Um, um
1: But it's, it's a lovely song. So, yeah, it looks like that's going to do it for... No. As the world falls down, but we get to talk about more great bass lines. Yeah, our next one. Yeah, if you like lots of fantastic bass, we've got the other end of the spectrum as far as awesome bass goes. Yes. There's the acoustic fretless bass, and then a, yeah, I there is a funky force, the slap funky bass. Slap bass Has come, coming up. Yes, on ashes to ashes. ashes
0: to ashes.
1: So stay tuned for our impressions and what we think of the song. Uh, Ashes to Ashes. That's coming up Friday. Until then, you can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter, From A to Ziggy. From A to leave a comment on this episode's page. And in the spirit
0: of this episode, I have recently changed our picture. And this is, I want to poll people on this. I want your opinions, listeners. So I changed the profile picture to this cat. I took a picture of it at my friend's house right before Christmas that I swear looks like... Jareth the Goblin King in cat form. So go to our Facebook page and tell us, do you think this looks like Jareth the Goblin King? I will try to go on there and put a picture of both right near each other. Can we do polls
1: on Facebook? I bet we can. I know you can on Twitter. Go to, to Facebook slash from Ada Ziggy or Facebook.com slash from Ada Ziggy and cast your vote. Does this look like Jareth the Goblin King? <laughs> we're going to find out how many listeners. <laughs> This is going to be a sad exercise. <laughs> uh, what else? Our email, podcast at for me to if you have a longer form uh, rant or rave you to share with us. And until Friday, uh, I am Thomas. i Travis. Thank you for listening. Uh,
0: I hope true. We will dive, just keep diving deeper and deeper and deeper into Labyrinth. We'll we continue to get
1: lost in the yes. catacombs of Labyrinth. That doesn't make sense, does it? Those are two different things, yeah. aren't they? It's the internet. Who's going to correct us on the internet? It's all a series of tubes. <laughs> it's all just a series of
0: tubes. It's not. People think it's a big truck. It's not just a big truck. <laughs>